0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Last week, the first half of the homily, was talking about the experience of God, and how God gives Himself to us, not in His uncreated nature, but in His uncreated energy. And this uncreated energy, which manifests itself in different ways, we call grace. We also call it mercy, glory, light, love, peace, joy. But, we will call it grace. It is no coincidence then, the last week as we were talking about our desire to experience grace and our need for prayer and silence to do that, that this week in the epistle reading set out before us by the church, St. Paul encourages us in Hebrews chapter 4 to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, right before the epistle reading, at the end of the Trisagian hymn, the clergy move from in front of the altar to the high place, towards the back. In a bigger church, that would be a place that would be elevated, where there would be a bishop's throne. Ergo, the term high place, because it sits higher than everywhere else in the altar. And the priest and the deacon have this dialogue back and forth from different sides of the holy table as we go back there. First, the priest says, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And the deacon says, Bless, Master, the throne on high. And the priest says, Blessed art thou on the throne of the glory of thy kingdom who art enthroned upon the cherubim, always, now, and never, and unto ages of ages. Amen. Blessed art thou on the throne of the glory of thy kingdom. Now, in most churches, if the church were fully um, decked out with icons and iconography behind the altar, there would be um, an icon of Christ, the high priest, serving communion to his apostles. And then in the apse, if we had an apse, we would have uh, an icon of the Theotokos. Okay? But in most churches, there's also the cross. And we have that here in this church. We have the crucified Christ hanging on the cross. That's the cross that we bring out during Holy Week. So as I say this line, Blessed art thou on the throne of thy glory, I'm looking at Christ on the cross. The throne of glory is the cross. It is the cross. See, Paul says we have nothing to boast in except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if the throne of glory is the cross, and glory is the uncreated energy of God, and St. Paul says, draw near to the throne of grace, and grace is also the uncreated energy of God, the throne of grace is the cross. And the good news is, is that the cross is available to everyone. The cross is a helper and a weapon for everybody in their journey to the kingdom of heaven. We often think of the kingdom of heaven as the country club in the sky where all of our whims and desires and fantasies will come true. There will be lemonade and miniature golf and movies all the time and more bacon than you can possibly eat. (laughs) I hate to break it to you, but it's not going to be that way. The kingdom of heaven is going to be so joyful and so wonderful because it is going to be the fullness, the fullness of the experience of God's grace and glory. We will spend eternity in His presence. In the day that has no night, Because the Son of God Himself is the light. It's not about our desires coming true, it's about reality shining forth. The only truly existing reality is God Himself. He is the uncreated, eternal reality, and everything else just kind of fades into the background. If you look at any icon of the kingdom of heaven, it's an icon of the church, and there's an altar, there's an iconostasis, and there is a liturgy. The angels are ministering. Read the book of Revelation. The kingdom of heaven is revealed as a liturgy. There will be more space than there is in this building today. Because God is infinite. But the kingdom of heaven is the experience of worship in which we receive God's grace and glory in its fullness. The way into the kingdom of heaven, the portal, the path of entry is through the cross it's through the cross just look at the disciples all 12 of them suffered for our lord 11 died a martyr's death one of them did not but only because he survived his tortures and that was saint john saint paul tells timothy if you are a christian you will suffer Count on it. Take it to the bank. And really, really, if you're human, if you're human and you're over the age of like 10, you've, you've experienced some suffering in your life. Everyone to different degrees. If you're over the age of 30, certainly. And if you're over the age of 70, the wisdom that you have comes from the suffering that you've endured. (laughs) There's no easy path. Christ says that there's a narrow path. But ultimately the cross is the portal to the kingdom of heaven. It is only by taking up our cross and following Christ that we can actually start to experience the kingdom of heaven in this world. We all have a cross. Some crosses are small, some are great. Father Zacharias of Essex says that our cross, whether small or great, is allowed by the all-wise providence of God in our transitory life. It is precisely the cross that we need, in order to free ourselves from all attachments, which prevent us from following Christ with a free heart wherever He leads us. Our cross is allowed to free us from our attachments. All the things that we think are so important. Have you ever heard the story about the man who was dying and was told he could pack one thing to take to the kingdom of heaven? And so we packed a suitcase full of gold bars. And then when he gets to the pearly gate, St. Peter says, why did you bring pavement? Because the streets are made of gold. Why do you need gold bars? The streets are made of gold. Doesn't help. Those kinds of attachments are not necessary. We're supposed to be attached to God. And that's why God allows the cross in our life... To free us from those attachments. God allows us to have a cross so that we can take our passions and our sins and our addictions and they can be transfigured into something that is good and beautiful and representative of the kingdom of God. So that we can take those passions and they can become virtues. So that the vices don't hold us down. The cross is allowed so that our gluttony can become temperance. So that our lust can become purity. So that our greed can become charity. So that our sloth and laziness can become diligence and discipline. So that our anger and our wrath can become patience and compassion. So that our envy can become kindness and gratitude. And so that our pride and stubbornness can become humility and modesty. And it is only through humility, only through humility, that Christ will come and abide in us. He says, David says in the Psalms, a broken and a humble heart God will not despise. The throne of grace is accessible to us, but only through the cross. We have to follow the path of Christ, which means we have to crucify our passions, and we have to crucify our selfishness. One idea of salvation is that salvation is about growing up. We have to grow up. And we have to grow up from self-centeredness, egocentrism, to Christ-centeredness. Christocentrism. Salvation is really no different than going to preschool. I bet you didn't expect to hear that today. What do they do in preschool? They teach you how to play nice with others and how to share. Right? Stop thinking about yourself, little Johnny. It's not all about you. You don't always get the biggest cookie. Our salvation is dependent on going from being selfish and egocentric and thinking about ourselves all the time to loving God and remembering Him and serving others out of love for God. This is the cross of Christ. We all have a cross and we all have something that we have to bear. And in a church community, we are called to bear it with one another. St. Paul says, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of God. But Christ, this is really important, Christ does not come and die on the cross in our absence. He comes and He dies on the cross in our presence. He's not there in our place letting us off the hook from all pain and suffering. He's there in our place calling us to Himself. He's there in our presence, not in our absence. And too many times we say, Lord, you take this cross for me. I'm going to go play nine holes. That's not... That's not what he calls us to. He says, if anybody would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And following Christ means ultimately submitting to the will of God. Christ prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Not my will be done, Father, but thy will be done. This is why we pray that in the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If we want God's kingdom, we have to be willing to follow His will. Brothers and sisters, the throne of grace is before us. We are in the middle of this Lenten struggle not just to punish our bodies and not just to give us an excuse to complain about what we're not eating. That's not the point. The point is to free ourselves from those attachments and passions so that when we enter into the resurrection we will have the fullness of joy. If you want happiness, then don't do Lent Show up to Pascha. It'll be a really nice time. There will be lots of great food. You'll have lots of happiness. And it'll go away really quickly. If you want joy, enter into Lent in the fullness of your ability. Do it as well as you can and struggle with it and fail with it. And then go through Holy Week of it and go through it with prayer and fasting and discipline and lack of sleep and sore bodies and come to the 35 hours of services in the church and then your Pascha will be joyful and it will last longer because it's not about the party it's about the resurrection We have to look for something greater. And we can only get that gift of grace, that gift of the Kingdom of Heaven, through the cross. We are halfway through the Lenten season. Halfway through the 40 days leading up to Holy Week. If you haven't started yet, there's still time. It's about the 6th hour. There's still time for you to come and to lay all of your burdens and all of your sins at the cross of Christ and to pick up yours and to be willing to do anything in your power to overcome it by God's grace. The throne of grace is calling us, brothers and sisters, it's calling us to walk a a difficult and narrow path. Will we despair and turn back in fear? Or will we go forward in the loving embrace of our crucified and humble God who promises to be with us? May God grant us the strength to climb the cross. May He grant us the fortitude to hang on the cross with Christ. May He grant us the humility of the wise thief to repent And ask God to remember us in His kingdom. And may God grant us to enter the fullness of His joy in the kingdom of heaven, where all the saints worship at the throne of grace, praising and blessing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst.